1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Squared Circle Journal podcast. Today is November 21st, 2018, and it is Wednesday. That means that we are going to do a Smackdown review. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back again with the wrestling connoisseur, Sam Kiola. And Sam, I'm sitting here thinking this is probably the longest continuous string of podcasting that we have done since the inception of, of, uh, of the show.
0: Oh man, I think we're just trying to catch up.
1: I think so. And there's been so much to talk about, um, you know, between at least starting at Crown Jewel and on. um, And the product has, you know, just not been good. So there's been, of course, there's plenty to talk about. We're a couple of cynical guys here. Um, So (laughs) it's been a good time just just going through this, you know, hot mess, as the kids like to say these days. Um, So that's exactly what SmackDown was. Um, Oh, it was.
0: Pretty you know, bad. I tried to watch SmackDown this morning, and um, I really just thumbed through it because it, it just did not get me enticed in any which way. Uh, I, I guess let's go through it. If, if you, you want to go through if, it step by step, if, if, if you, you want. Yeah, or... we're going
1: to do segment by segment, but if we could summarize this episode of SmackDown in one word, what word would you use? Oh. so I, I guess i'm just gonna do this thing solo since sam decided that the question was just simply too difficult to answer he couldn't wrap his head around it
0: uh john john i, I had to go consult a dictionary oh you're back I'm ladies back. and
1: gentlemen this wrestling connoisseur is back
0: hold your applause hold your applause Okay. I know, I know. know. Anyway. all the people looking outside, it's just, hold your applause, everybody. (laughs) The word that I would use to describe SmackDown, a singular word. So I really had to think about it because, you know, I'm a man of many words. So uh, I would say, shit fest. Oh.
1: Oh. And you know what? I would have to agree with that. This was... (laughs) garbage this show if if you if if you could say anything about this show you could tell they were tired you know they're doing survivor series they're doing raw they you know, and they were just worn out and they just couldn't you know they wanted to go home they wanted to have their turkey they wanted to have their cranberry sauce they wanted to have their stuffing and folks this was
0: garbage yeah i mean uh it looked like they dialed one in And I mean, don't get me wrong, there was was fallout from Survivor Series. But, I mean, let's be honest. And, I mean, listeners, you can uh, uh, reply and let us know, message uh, Square Circle Journal. You can message me. That's fine. You can message Sam Um, But who in their right minds wants to see 20-plus minutes of Charlotte Flair. Nobody. Yeah, I I do not want to see Charlotte Flair wrestle two matches back-to-back. I don't want to see 20 minutes-plus of that and a promo. Uh, And Nobody wants to see it. I'm sorry. This is a show that should have really featured Becky Lynch in some capacity. Now I get it. Maybe she has a concussion. She has a broken face, apparently, as doesn't, they like doesn't to call matter.
1: it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because she's on social media tweeting that she's trying to get out of doctor jail. It right. doesn't matter if it's a backstage. It doesn't matter if it's a vignette on mm-hmm. the on the big screen. Uh, Shawn Any Michaels did it and he had a freaking right. broken face. Uh, when he was feeding with Triple H back in 2002, yep. he was all bruised up.
0: They should have had something, whether it was a pre taped segment that they fed in or a backstage interview, an interview from the hospital, uh, anything, something with Becky Lynch. With the fans are dying for Becky Lynch. Yep, they don't want 20 minutes of Charlotte. Now, Charlotte, the only reason she got cheered. At Survivor Series was because of Becky Lynch. We know this because there was so many Becky Lynch chants, and there was Becky Lynch chants on SmackDown. Uh, we don't want to see twenty plus minutes of Charlotte with with Paige or versus the Iconics. Uh, please get the Iconics off my TV. You know, what, I, was I know there's some things, but what is better? If if I were, if I was sitting
1: in a creative meeting and I was thinking to myself, what could I do to make this 20 minutes of Charlotte flair better? The obvious answer to me is to put the iconics out there with her. (laughs) And that's exactly what we got, but we we got a match, but it didn't stop there. We got two matches. That's right. Two separate matches, Charlotte flair against Billy Kay and then Charlotte flair against, uh, Peyton Royce. And these went down as instant classics. Um, yeah, instant. I'm so you know I'm just such a horrible mood looking at this stuff. You, you know, know you're, co- you're coming off of one of your big four allegedly pay per views,
0: right? And this is this is the fallout. You know, here's the problem. is We talked about this about on the RAW episode we did the other day. Um, you have Charlotte come out, and her reply to everything was like, "Yes, praise me, worship yep. me. Um, you're welcome." And it's completely heel. She starts cutting a heel promo. In the midst of the heel promo, she kind of switches to a face promo almost. It was weird. Um, yeah, it was a weird, weird thing. She's like cutting a heel promo, and then she starts trying to get a cheap face pop in the promo. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, I I I'm I'm honest to God, I don't get it. Like, it feels like they went. she went out there to be heel, and then in the midst of it, you know, she knows she has to get over his face because she has the Iconics match coming up, and it was the strangest goddamn promo I've ever heard. And then uh, she was like, <laughs> I'm all, all up in her ego, and then she goes, but I did it for the champ. I did it for Becky. So obviously the fans are getting you know, a cheap pop for the Becky, so the people are going to pop for it. Right. And then you have the page come out, and it was kind of like a moment of, you know, is she going to heal it up? She's like, what? what are you, you're, you're finding me? And then they completely crap on that angle. Instead of having her go full-blown heel, maybe she should attack Paige or something along that lines. You know? I mean, I know Paige is done wrestling. But, man, if Charlotte had healed it up and was like, you think five refs is something? what if I did something to you right now? What are you going to do to stop me? And grab Paige by the collar or whatever. I mean, Paige could be put in the figure eight still yet. You know. Um, Sure. But instead, they didn't go that route. They had the Iconics come out. So you go from a, a moment of possible complete the heel turn to two heel wrestlers coming out to face off against Charlotte. And it was just—I thought it was the worst possible confusing segment. Let me talk about crazy shit. Is uh, there's a giant pig that just walked out in front of me here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of you know the crazy shit that WWE is, um,
1: so yeah, it was a, it was a very odd segment. Do you think this was a cheap attempt to make Charlotte as relevant as Becky Lynch?
0: You know they're always trying to. So I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like they they want to turn Charlotte heel, but they can't turn Charlotte heel until Becky comes back. So they're they're just like clinging on for that moment, I think.
1: Regardless, I mean, I think you summed it up really well. It did really start as a heel promo, ended up doing this weird transition into a babyface type promo. It didn't work at all, uh, and this yeah. really set the tone for a confusing and underwhelming evening of sports entertainment. Um, after this, and I really, you know, I I don't want to stay on this topic here with Charlotte because it, it's just really. It's really that bad mm-hmm. that I, you know, if I keep talking about it. I we could talk, talk about, about the it. whole show. The the whole we, show in its totality uh, yeah. was garbage. But if I stay on this topic for too long, uh, we'll have already filled this thing up to an hour. Yeah. So, um, I mean,
0: that that is basically the whole segment, though, right there. The, the two yeah. matches, them, pandering to Charlotte in a way, keeping her trying to keep her like a face for this time being. But I, I guess if fans really wanted to, and they seem to want to do this, you could actually call Charlotte a tweener right now. <laughs> because she's not really a face. You know, she's, she's showing the heel qualities and the fans are already booing her to uh, to quite a, an extent. And, uh, you know, especially when it comes to Becky, they don't like Charlotte. So the only reason that she's getting any form of a face pop right now is because she name dropped uh, Becky Lynch and she was filling in for Becky against Ronda Rousey. Regardless, the whole thing came off very awkward. It was, uh, especially excited. to start the show
1: and, for so long. And she's not really that good on the mic to, to even pull whatever this idea was. Uh, She's not good enough to pull it off, or yeah. you know, it, unless it's it, it could have been an inherently flawed idea from from you know the moment the words were put on a page. Um, yeah. But you know, somebody like that still can't pull it off to make it believable. So, um, you know, that's that. Uh, leave it at that. Uh, so live next, it leave, <laughs> next it was. Uh, not right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. We're starting to get the good stuff now. <laughs> we finally found, find out after 30 minutes of Charlotte and the Iconics, the night just keeps getting better. We find out that we're going to get Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. That's right, folks.
0: Wait. Back is this a back, flashback? We're
1: back, we're back in 2008, and you know, there's no place I'd rather be. Um, so, wait. Is
0: WWE doing –
1: Flashback matches like Impact Wrestling. Oh come on! Don't don't kick Impact while they're down. They're already at a 10 p.m. time, time slot right now. Um, hey, Killer Cross <laughs> is pretty good though, and, and we can do a show on that sometime. But
0: we we, I think we should too. Um, I mean, honestly, but yes, I would rather flip to Impact Wrestling and watch than watch Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio today.
1: Hundred percent. I would rather see the TNA flashback as opposed to this um, because it's this completely just, ridiculous. It deflated my interest in the rest of the show. If Charlotte and the Iconics was not bad enough, um, yeah. But uh, after this, we after this little promo from Ray, we find out that we're going to hear from Daniel Bryan later, and he'll be here live tonight. Mm-hmm. So that was a little pick me up. But then things go back downhill when the Miz comes out for Miz TV with his very special guest Shane McMahon. Okay I thought this
0: was an interesting I won't say good but I will say interesting segment and um, I don't know if I totally agree with what they're trying to do here but it's different Um, the background of this is of course Shane McMahon uh, replaced Miz in the tournament for, uh, like the best in the world uh, which he won and then of course Team Smackdown uh, went on to lose last person standing was Shane McMahon uh, and he lost against Team Raw and Miz is blaming everybody else on Smackdown except them because he was the captain and Shane was the last man standing and they were co as Miz liked to call them co-best in the world uh Ms two thirds and Shane one third. Yeah. Um and yeah. So yeah. I here's my problem with this is that Shane McMahon has been so wishy washy heel um uh, that he could he could turn heel at any point. You know he he doesn't need all of this build up to turn heel. Uh I mean he's a McMahon. He could just be heel. And he's, he's been quite egotistical even as a face um, since the start of all this. And this is, so this is kind of the problem where, you know, the audience doesn't understand what a face and heel is anymore. Especially you get these uh, Johnny-come-latelys to the party. And now they're wrestling fans. And the only thing they've ever seen is a face who acts like a dick. And you have someone like Shane McMahon who is a good guy uh supposed to be a good guy and he has been a dick to everybody else so they're like oh well the, you know obviously this isn't really a good he's not really a good guy and he's not really a bad guy they, they don't know because they're they're throwing so much shade on all these characters they're not doing it right so everybody that's come to the party now is just like oh well that's how it is well no it's not I mean, go back to your wrestling roots check out the WWE network go on YouTube you'll see that faces are faces and heels are heel. And just because you get what you're getting today doesn't mean that's how it is. Um, that's the problem with the product today.
1: Well, and, and that kind of goes out with a report that was released earlier today or maybe yesterday. A quarter three conference call or something like that with Vince McMahon. and Apparently what WWE is trying to do here is go after more character-driven entertainment rather than story-driven entertainment. And I guess the distinction there is that, you know, the characters in themselves are supposed to be the draw as opposed to the story itself.
0: Oh, that In, the, in a lot of ways, that's stupid because it's both. And it's always been both. You know, it's, it's you're supposed to be drawn in by the character, but you're supposed to have emotional investment with the story. So if you take, let's say, Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick the Model Martell rick martell's gimmick was the model which as cliche as it is models are supposed to be you know snooty and whatnot which rick martell was he was a heel and jake the snake was like this mysterious badass good guy and um that was their characters that's what draws you in the charisma um the storytelling of that feud was that rick martell sprayed jake in the eyes with perfume and blinded jake so you're supposed to have sympathy that you know, oh my god, Jake's blind, he may never wrestle again. And that's that's the story that draws you into the match at the pay-per-view, so you have a big payoff. If it's just character development, that's for the TV show, really. And it's it's what's gonna make you buy the network? Because the TV show's free on cable TV. So now the to spend the ten dollars a month they have to sell the pay-per-view still so it's still the same mentality it's just that now they're not they're not committed to that role but it's the same thing with Shane what's well, what's character driven with Shane that makes me want to watch him he's the best in
1: the world <laughs> goddamn look
0: it. you know i have no idea
1: misses <laughs> alignment i don't know what shane's alignment is i have no idea who is what. I I genuinely don't Sam, and I'm not, you know, I'm not just saying this for podcast sake. When I watched this segment last night, I have no idea. Is Ms a babyface? I mean, we have reports coming it's... in from last night's dark match after the show that Miz worked a babyface WWE championship match against Daniel Bryan, who wrestled as
0: the heel. So I oh,
1: I can't tell so you what's con- going on.
0: It's so confounded and that's part of the problem. It's like well, Daniel's obviously not a face anymore. He turned heel. So if he's going to face another heel, somebody has to wrestle the baby face portion of the match. We went over this the other night. And it's like, well, if you wrestle the baby face portion of the match, obviously you have to draw in the emotional support from the crowd. If the match is good enough, yep. you want to get the crowd behind somebody. Otherwise, there's no emotional investment. So it is it is very crazy. Like, like I've talked about, I want Miz to turn face because I think – he connects with the crowd on a certain level that other wrestlers don't, and I mean he's good enough that he can pull it off. He can turn the crowd against him on a dime, but it was really peculiar. You have Miz all lovey-dovey about Shane now. We don't know the ulterior motives here, and Shane's kind of still being a dick. Um, he's always usually a dick to to faces and heels anymore, so it wasn't like any stretch from From his typical character that's been built up this past year. He's but it does a bit of a stretch for Miz's character. The Miz is all uh, puppy dog eyes at Shane. Now, we don't know if it's because of Shane's power level, if Miz has an ulterior motive or what they're going to do with this. But I would not be surprised if the idea is, okay, this is how we're going to turn Shane heel, and we're going to turn Miz face. And have a, like a double switch. Um, uh,
1: you know, I, I don't. I don't know. Will they really pull it off?
0: I don't know. They're so uh, wishy-washy and make decisions of the you know flip of the hat that uh, who knows? Like just like this Daniel Bryan turn, it came uh, that Tuesday. Vince had decided the weekend before, like Sunday night, that Daniel Bryan was going to win the title and he was going to turn heel, and. It was just completely last minute. It kind of really f- fucked up everything for Survivor Series. So who knows what Vince will do? And I, I can't tell you.
1: I, I can't even speculate as to the purpose of this. Um, but I do know for a fact that this led into a tag team match between Shane and Miz versus Dwayne versus Wayne and Dane, the Bryant brothers. Um, hilarious. Corey Graves <laughs> is quick to point out that they're definitely not, blood <laughs> um, you know, I, so be it. Uh, match is about 30 seconds, and I believe it was Dane who gets the roll up on The Miz
0: for the one, two, three. Yeah, it was very awkward in some ways. Um, again, The Miz was like puppy dog eyed, he wanted. Shane to be part of this tag team match and he wanted Shane involved and he took the eyes off of the goal and the amateur guys rolled him up and got the one, two, three. Pretty awkward. Really awkward.
1: Um, I hope I never see those guys on TV again. Um the whole segment just sucked. Um, I'm confused. I don't like it. Um, and leave it at that. That's really all I want to say about
0: that. <laughs> that was that's kind of the, the theme of this. Podcast. That was the segment, you know. And and um, you know, we will see where it builds. Miz is so entertaining that, from what I gathered from Twitter, everybody was completely entertained and thought it was hilarious what he was doing. At Survivor Series, as far as like tagging Shane, now Shane go get him, and it was like he's gonna kill Shane McMahon because he just keeps tagging Shane in, <laughs> and it was it was really funny and uh you know in a uh, not meant to be uh how do I put this? Miz was like the straight man, and he was playing off the situational irony, like he's. He's all googly-eyed over Shane now, so he would tag Shane in to do a move. And Shane is down, man. Shane's beat. But it's like Miz is oblivious to this because he he just thinks Shane can do anything now. And and so there was a certain naivete and innocence that Miz has has garnered, even though he's been heel all to this point. He it is really almost like a the start of a face turn for Miz just because of this innocence that he has being uh puppy dog eyed at shane and it's it's super entertaining really but uh it ultimately it depends on what they decide to do with it because as we've seen so many times they'll do a uh they'll do this idea for three or four weeks and then drop it like nothing has happened
1: well that's just it and i kind of feel like I guess in my mind, and I, I haven't communicated that on this podcast, but uh, you took the words out of my mind. It's it's just something that is probably not going to have a payoff to it. Um, it's probably not going to result in anything substantive for the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just feels like this is just one of these random ideas where Vince is like, I love it. And then, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's is
0: strange because, the excuse for the best of the world was that Shane was going to go heal, and it didn't happen. And then we get the whole survivor series thing. Shane still isn't Hill. And so now we have this leaking out of survivor series fallout. And it's like, is this going to turn Shane Hill? It's like, how much emphasis do they need to turn Shane Hill? I I don't understand it because you just turned Daniel Bryan Hill with one move. So why do you need to put so much time and effort to turn Shane heel who is a McMahon? So you don't really need a reason for him to go heel. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond me. As far as the uh, house show, or afterwards the dark match with a uh, Brian versus Miz, I would be really interested to see how that, you know, played out. Uh, Cause they, they do these things often to see how crowds will respond and it, it sounds like they had a good response. It, it seems that way. And maybe when we're done with this, I'll try to find some video footage
1: and oh, shoot it yeah. your way. Uh, Cause I, I guess I'm kind of curious too to see how it played off. Um, it, it could be a good thing for the Miz. And if you know what, if it's a good thing for the Miz, ultimately, um i'm behind the idea mm-hmm. but so far it ain't really doing it for me yeah so you know i said this show was garbage but if you go to a dump you have the section for household garbage this is more like the recyclable section <laughs> like, uh, it's still garbage per se but it's a little cleaner um,
0: <clears throat> this is so. one of the times
1: i think raw was better than smackdown i'm wholeheartedly in agreement with that yeah. um and it takes a lot for us to say that yeah. so uh speaking of hard to believe uh we have a thanksgiving feast fight coming up uh and i couldn't believe that we see such a segment on smackdown before thanksgiving and obviously i'm being sarcastic uh the new day are dressed as pilgrims <laughs> and the funny thing about this was xavier woods pilgrim suit said six and one um, so he's, you know, he's not letting it go. Have, did you see the segment?
0: I, I just like flipped through it.
1: Okay. So uh, basically it's your standard kind of Thanksgiving food fight mm-hmm. uh, match. Uh, there's a Thanksgiving table outside the ring with a turkey, yeah. uh, which Big E keeps performing oral sex on. <laughs> um, they, they talk about Thanksgiving in the pre-match promo. Uh, then it ends up being the New Day versus the bar and the big show. Um, and in this match, uh, it was standard, you know, nothing really special. Lots of food flying everywhere. Uh, ultimately, um, the New Day picks up the win. After the match, Big Show uh, hits the knockout punch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Cesaro and Seamus join in with the shenanigans. But uh, Xavier and Kofi start uh, hitting them with side dishes, which I think included macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes. This is just a completely horrible thing to do. Yeah. It, that
0: kind of stuff. It, you know? It's sad because this is the same thing we get every year. Yeah. There's, really. there's no creativity. There's no uh, thought process behind it. It's like, who's going to do this spot? Oh, well, let's do it with The New Day and uh, Seamus is our own big show. And My favorite. Of, you know, they could have had a, a, a storyline building aspect to it and, and, you know, had different teams in there or something. It's just, I don't know There's no creativity Just give me something new It it, it was nothing new uh,
1: Except this one thing I I think was the best part Um, I think it was after the match Or maybe towards the end of the match The Big Show was kind of dazed and confused uh, Standing on the ring apron uh, And the Thanksgiving table Was right below him Um, And he's holding on to the top rope Trying to keep his balance Big E kicks the middle rope which somehow has enough impact to knock the Big Show, uh, knock his grip from the top rope loose and to fall into the Thanksgiving dinner. So um, that I'm glad was, I missed that aspect that of was it. Yeah, that was an interesting visual that somehow kicking the middle rope rope would loosen the Big Show's grip on the top rope. Um, man, he must be really strong. You know, Big he E, is. somebody I would not want to meet in a dark alley. He actually
0: has superpowers. Um, he has that psionic energy. Clearly, something beyond what is I typical. Can't, I can't wait to his singles boot. run and he does the psionic big boot where he doesn't even have to kick the guy in the face. It just, it's so powerful. You get you the know, vibrations it, off of the big boot.
1: Well, and I think it's the same uh, power that Scott Steiner has uh, when he knocked Christian into the ring apron back in TNA days. Yeah. Um, didn't even have to throw him. So, yeah, you know, we see these things in wrestling from time to time um really testament to the uh ability of these guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like I really apologize for my sarcasm here but you know this podcast would not be entertaining unless we goofed off with it because this show sucked. Um flat out. So you know if the Thanksgiving feast wasn't enough for you we get a Randy Orton promo. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. And he's backstage, he has a Rey Mysterio mask that he's looking at. And- he says people think it represents culture and pride, but to him, it means nothing. It's cheap and it deserves to be erased. Uh, it's made out of cheap polyester, uh, really corny promo here. Uh, talks about the most destructive letters in WWE, which is RKO. Um, typical Orton promo, yeah.
0: lack of effort. <laughs> um, I just, I'm, I'm not a huge Randy Orton fan. Uh, and i know a lot of people are but i for me it's just i've never seen it i've i never i never got the orton praise or that oh he's so good it's like he to me orton had just uh he was kind of like john cena he was like the second rate john cena in in that time era and now they call him oh he's you know this so awesome and everything even a lot of wrestlers they praise him so much i just don't see it i don't see the the work effort and the storytelling in his matches, it's a lot of character development. And I see that's the way he only only way he gets gets off of it. But uh to me they've always treated him like a celebrity. Well and I, I think you the know, thing important too is
1: you know he's a thirteen time champion and that that right. starts to affect the perception that yeah.
0: fans have of him. Um, but um, I mean for but, those of us that have been there from day one, uh he got the championship really early because they uh, Brock left and they wanted somebody younger to get the championship so he, he got the championship really young from Evolution and I don't think he was ready when he got it because there were some shit matches that he had and then from there they just kept strapping him the fuse with John Cena you know he was the, uh, the chosen guy to push at the time with Cena and you know he got a lot of titles but tell me any of his matches that really stand out I, you know, I think
1: Randy Orton was at his best and was a lot more digestible to watch when he was in rated RKO with Edge. Um, I, I would thought tend that, to agree. I think that tag team role for Randy Orton was a good fit. Yeah. Uh, I think him and Edge played really well off of each other as kind of the, the psychotic heels. But mm-hmm. um, really, again, I, I, that's I the would only time of, I could call myself a fan.
0: I would kind of give that you know, no pun intended, that edge to edge. Because he was definitely more charismatic. Yeah, and he was Um, really coming into his own at that time as well. I think Orton at his best was when he was Intercontinental Champion. It seemed like he was learning and was really coming into his own. But then it seemed like they pushed him way too fast. and uh, It seemed like that push never stopped. It wasn't like a... It wasn't the John Cena push, but it was there. And... Um, I just never felt he really earned, and I know it's predetermined and people call it fake or whatever, but I never felt like he earned the spot that everybody you know makes out that he's so so good um, I mean his even his move is like okay, well he does that power slam well so does gold dust and Samoa Joe yeah. they all they do that snap power slam and I mean yeah. he does it well, don't get me wrong, he's fundamentally fine um i don't find his promos super you know super uh, enthusiastic or anything and even his gimmicks never seem to have like the character development that i personally like it's like he gets a gimmick but he's still the same character no matter what gimmick he gets it's like oh you're you know he's uh what do they call him he's a legend killer he's uh Apex Predator. Apex Predator. He's this guy. He's that guy. And it's it's all the same gimmick. It's all the same reactions and same things and whatnot. So I, I don't know. You you give me a match with Randy Orton. Uh, he's been around for a decade. And you put Great Mysterio in there, who's also been around for a decade. I you I could go back on the network and watch this match from like you said two thousand eight, two thousand six, or whenever, and. Um, yeah, I don't know why this is on SmackDown. I don't know why these guys are being booked not to get over a younger talent. Um, you know, why is it, why aren't we getting to see Rey Mysterio versus um an up-and-coming heel and putting that heel over? Or why aren't we getting to see Randy Orton versus an up-and-coming face and putting that face over? Which is what I was hoping they would do when they were doing like Orton Rude, and was it Shinske at the time, or I think I it was. I, I can't remember. But nobody got over from Orton, essentially. Um, they just kind of slid that off, and then it's the same thing. We just had we just had Orton versus Jeff Hardy, awful stuff. Um, and then we had like a mini feud of Orton Ty Dillinger, and that never went anywhere. It's like that was a moment you could have gotten Ty Dillinger over. Didn't Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy
1: have a Hell in a Cell match? They had a Hell in a Cell match. What is that? It was awful. You know, that that used to be something that was reserved for only the hottest
0: blood feud yeah. going in the company. Can't, you know, tell me this. Like if you instead had, had it with Ty Dillinger, really big up a big feud, him and Ty Dillinger doing this gimmick where he's going after people just to destroy them. And you have Ty Dillinger come back after Orton has slain him on TV. And Dillinger coming back with a bloodlust for Randy Orton. Like we've never seen before. Like you come in, have Dillinger come in and he wants revenge. And you have him come out and he tracks down Randy Orton and he puts him through the shit locker. And then you have that Hell in a Cell match and you have Dillinger come out on top. You cannot tell me that would not have made Ty Dillinger. I I think you're right. I think we'd have a brand new star on our hands for sure. And, I mean, you you may not have to, like, push him to the moon, but, by God, you could have a Dillinger-Shinsuke feud after that that would be uh, worth the booking. And, And, And I feel bad. I think
1: a lot of the that why that feud was so short was because Dillinger is out injured right now. But you know, like you said, Sam, there's no reason they can't still be promoting it on TV
0: through segments or Well, I mean, it uh, doesn't even have to be T. It could be anybody that is up and coming. Anybody that they feel like they can use it and and be around for a while. You know, there's there's no reason that they can't have Orton put somebody over. I, I just don't understand the mentality of you have guys that are be leaving ray mysterio is a two-year contract uh, brock lesnar three shows randy orton has already stated that he's you know retirement's coming up <clears throat> not to use these guys to make guys it, it's it's mind-boggling i just i don't get it yep it is and and you know i you know not to get too
1: off topic here, but I, I think Dillinger's just about done. I mean, he'll be 38 in
0: February. Um, yeah. He's had a few injuries. Um, and I mean, we, we talked about this, and so. everybody should go check out the show. We talked about WWE's future and where everybody's at, and that is yeah. the age frame, 30 to 40 years old. And um, all the people that's been around for a hell of a long time that came from OVW into WWE the Cena, the Orton, um, th- that round of, 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 uh, of wrestlers are finishing their rounds up. You know, they're, they're on their way out. And the, the bad part is that all these new guys that are coming up from NXT, by the time they get to the main roster, they're 30, 35, 37 years old. And they have enough in them for maybe three or four years and WWE doesn't build them up in that time because they're still feeding to a select few that are on the way out, we're looking at, I'm going to say in the next five years, if WWE doesn't do something to find stars, to make stars, we are going to face a humongous problem. And I think Vince knows it. I think that's why there's rumblings of a one roster coming back together. I
1: think you're right, because if you think about five years ahead, the roster is going to have to look a lot different than it does now.
0: Oh, tremendously different.
1: I mean, you know, we're not in these days anymore where, you know, you got 23, 25-year-old guys coming up and wrestling Kurt Angle on their first night. Right. um, Or or getting thrown in a stable like Evolution. None of those types of things are happening.
0: Yeah. And I mean, who are they going to learn from? is the problem. And then here, here's the other problem is that so everybody is like 30 to 40 years old right now. What are they going to do? They're going to retire and they're going to go backstage. If they don't retire and just move to Florida, they're going to go backstage. They're not going to keep around wrestling. They're not going to go to the Indies. They're going to be done. They've made the WWE money. They're done. They've invested the ones that stick around. You know, like right now you got like Jamie Noble, Joey Mercury, um, and I don't want to put any of these guys down because I, I enjoyed a lot of their work and whatnot. But we're not talking about Ric Flair being a producer. We're talking about Joey Mercury being a producer. And, and so, you know, I, I don't want to shit on these guys at all, so don't get me wrong, but there's going to be a big difference in the match quality when someone like Road Dog is writing your show and Joey Mercury is producing the matches. And well, you, I, I you think don't Turkey have is a bad
1: example, but, but I, th- I think we know what you're saying. I, he... I don't know if you know he's been in some legal problems, and well, he's not I... with him anymore. But I mean, what, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, what what are you trying to say to people right now? Because I, I think I'm, I understand. Better. What
0: I'm trying to say is that you have low and mid card talent that never reached the pinnacle oh. of, of their of you know someone like a Ric Flair, a Ricky Steamboat. Randy Sauer, you don't have somebody who has such in-depth knowledge of the product, how to get over that, you know, um, I mean, you can't tell me that, like, I'm just using it as a general, like, Joey Mercury, Jamie Noble, that they know how to get more over than, say, someone like um, a Sting. Yeah. And it's so you, you put the guys out there and how to put a match together. Because, like, if you have, say, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, See, that's your guys that are producing matches. So you put those two guys up there, and they're talking to the, to the guys that are going to produce matches that night versus, say, um, like I said, like a Jamie Noble and maybe a, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of some of their, like Paul Roma or I don't know, some of the lower car talent that never was able to rise up above. Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, they were in a different time period where you'd go out and they would just work. And they learned to work because they they wrestled each other so much on the road. But today's product, everything is produced to such a level of this is your match laid out completely. You have 10 minutes and you're going to do a suplex and you're going to follow it up with three punches in the corner. And then you're going to Irish whip that guy. And that guy's going to put his boot up and he's going to put you in a headlock. And they they plan it out to such a T that they're not working. They're not performing anymore they're they're doing a choreographed dance now and it, it's it's not a work it's not what you call a worker like flare and steamboat would go out and they would do a fit only going to finish so it was, yep it was and then whenever different. they'd get
1: the signal from the referee you know bring it home
0: yeah bring it home it's it's time and... And and that was it. That was the part that they knew would happen. They would build up, and and you can go back and you can watch, like <clears throat> even to the point of, say, um, give me give me a, a recently praised five star match. Um, Kenny versus Okada. Kenny versus Okada. Everybody loved it. Compare that to Flair and Steamboat. You know. And flare and Steamboat in, what was it, Music City or, or any of those number of matches. The best two out of the three falls, Flair versus Steamboat, or one of their Broadway matches. And, I mean, there's a humongous difference. You cannot compare the two. They're both five-star? No. If you compare them, Okada and, and Omega is as not even in the ballpark.
1: You know, if, if you were to make, you know, and I'd even say, the matches that made Sting a star against Ric Flair. Mm. Uh, those were some really good matches. And I, Great I American Bash
0: 1990.
1: Yep. I Great would prefer match. to watch that over either of the Kenny versus Okada's.
0: A little trivia there. I would say that that was probably one of, if not the first time, a title changed hands off of a reversal of the figure four into a small package. Today it's wow. cliche. That is why you're the wrestling connoisseur. But back then it was such a huge thing. You know, Flair worked the leg the whole match, and Sting just rolled him up when Flair went for that figure four. He was all cocky about it. He's going to end him. He has Sting in the middle of the ring. Flair spins around. Sting hooks him. One, two, three. It was it was a shock. You know, the place erupted. And that match made Sting that night. Absolutely. Sting was a main eventer from there on out. And that's what we don't see anymore. But
1: he earned it. I mean, it was this grueling process that you watched over a period of months and in some cases even years. But in Sting's case, you know, know, it
0: was quite a while because he had, had, you know, not to not to get off track of Smackdown here, but and they had things that happened that really threw the storyline off get the belt earlier on but instead what happened was sting they literally blew his knee out and so then they did the storyline with lex luger this is his best friend luger was our us champion so he was the number one contender so they they did the storyline of luger going for the belt and they had like a a regular match and the Horseman interfered so he gets a rematch and say so it's it well it was like in a another kind of match and horsemen interfered so then you know, still caged. So the horseman can't interfere, but they still interfere. At this point, Sting's kind of on crutches, so he's at ringside. So that even though Sting was out, they kept him in the picture via his friend or via showing up, cutting a promo, and then being at ringside. And then after that and all that Luger stuff, Sting's finally back. And they do it, you know, one of their bigger pay-per-views, Great American Bash, and Sting finally gets the title. So even though shit happens they worked it because people knew how to work back then the bookers knew what needed to be done and they knew how to stretch things out and i don't i don't feel like that's done today there's so many you know like a lot they say a lot of times too many chiefs and not enough indians there's so many guys there now but you know there's no ideas that get really searched out you know vince has these stray ideas like daniel bryan turning heel all of a sudden instead of it being built to and uh it, you know today's product where people don't tune in every week and the casual fan you're talking about booking for a casual fan and say a casual fan is not going to tune in every week say uh, last time i watched smackdown was a month ago and i tune in And I see AJ versus Daniel Bryan or say I turned in last night and Daniel Bryan is a heel. I'm going to be confused no matter how much you show replays. I'm I'm, I'm not going to get it. Like I'm going to buy that Daniel Bryan just out of the blue turned heel and on AJ Styles and kicked him in the balls. You know, I've missed half of this storyline if I have if I'm a casual fan. Where do where do you come from? This guy just come back from a concussion to live out his dream to get back in the ring, and now he's a bad guy. I'm supposed yeah. to boo the guy yeah. that just made the most tremendous comeback ever. Imagine if you haven't watched in a year. Right. And sometimes that's the case. That is your casual fan um, that they believe is a casual fan anyway. So, from uh,
1: Flair to Steamboat to Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose versus Asuka and Naomi. (sighs)
0: You know, I don't have much to say about this match. I guess, you know, they're really trying to push the women now, which is great. Um, But I'll be honest, you know, I'd rather see the women have their own show with their own storylines and a whole hour of it. Or two hours of it, even. Give us something that... You got to give us more than just throwing them together in a tag match every week. But, uh, and, and, and yeah, and something that jumped
1: out to me about this one was that it seemed like Asuka and Naomi were kind of wearing very similar ring gear. I don't know if you caught that or not. Yeah,
0: they're really, you know, I believe they're really trying to gear up for a women's tag tournament. Um, I don't know when we'll get it, but that's what it seems like they're
1: pushing for right now. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if Oscar and Naomi stay as a tag team. Uh, seems a little odd. I'm not sure what they would. And I, I'm gonna I'm call not, look.
0: I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call it right here. All right, someone's gonna turn heel. Oh, there, we may see, we may see like them get to the finals, or who knows. But I'm gonna call Oscar or Naomi is gonna turn heel. I'm not sure which one yet. So
1: you think that that would happen, even though they're teasing Sonya turning on Mandy? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we can always have more than one turn. And that may be how they, they try to build this up and everything. Um, yeah, I imagine because okay. the scenes for Sonya Mandy are ripe. You know, that's there. There doesn't need to be too much from that. I mean, uh, that one seems really obvious, but I think they'll want to do something out of the blue. So I I kind of feel like they'll probably turn Oscar heel. The thinking along there will probably be like, they'll put her with a manager because they don't like how, you know, Oscar speaks.
1: Yeah. 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 Genius. Um, Yeah. That's, that's so frustrating. But anyway, uh, after Naomi hits a hip attack on Mandy Rose, Oscar drops Deville into the Oscar lock, Mm -hmm. uh, DeVille taps out Therefore, your winners of the match are Asuka and Naomi uh, who celebrate as Rose and DeVille have a few words while heading to the backstage area. Yeah. More, more of those seeds planted. Uh, and here comes probably what I would say is the best segment of the night uh, is Daniel Bryan's promo.
0: An interesting promo. Um, I'm not sure if... I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. You know, I mean it's. Huh, yeah, I
1: you don't know. know. He spent three hours every day in a hyperbaric chamber, uh, which has turned him into this loose cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the loose cannon of Midcard Mana, um, <laughs> and and you know he he's just he's so he, he's been in isolation for so long, and you know this is the old Daniel Bryan is dead. The yes movement
0: is dead. Brock this Lesnar is the new Daniel Bryan. The old out of you. Beat the week out. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, and he referred to himself in third person throughout the entire interview. Yep. So interesting. I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. I still like my idea of a porn stash bald Daniel Bryan, <laughs> who's cocky. Uh, so I don't know. It was a. You know, I guess it'll build up. We'll see. I kind of got like a cactus Jack feel from it. Oh, that's interesting. And I don't know if they'll go that route where he kind of, you know, does something a little charismatic, like a like a little takeaway, like he pulls his hair to the side and he talks in third person and does a little creepiness to it, maybe. But yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Next week, you know.
1: Um, let's see what's next Uh, oh yes the main event Orton versus Mysterio
0: yeah like we said earlier about it 2006 same thing that we've seen forever um, two old guys should be putting younger guys over I I don't know I mean with Mysterio you have that niche of Having a uh, dream match with younger talent that's sort of like him. Um, Orton, man, I don't know. Is there any dream matches for Orton? I, I just I can't think of any. No. Uh, I would love to see Orton just pass the torch and have an RKO match and give the, the move to somebody else um, and retire. Already. I mean, I have. So
1: you, know, you just want
0: him gone. I just want him gone. I don't, I don't feel like he's helping anybody by being around. He's not leading the product. He's not contributing in any way, I feel, to the product. And he's taking up space that somebody that will be around much longer could use to be built up. Um, I, on Twitter, people were marking out, like, best RKO ever uh, when Ray <laughs> slid outside of the ring and he did that, oh, my God, I'm going to catch him and fall to the ground like the two foot RKO. I <laughs> I have no idea what how this is supposed to be the best RKO ever. You you uh, just sounded like the comic guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> best RKO ever. It I'm just you know blown away like I see it replayed on Twitter and Irma Gerd, RKO. It's like <laughs> At this stage, his gimmick, despite all the other gimmicks he really has, his gimmick is the RKO. It is, it and is this whole
1: idea that it comes out of nowhere—yeah, which
0: he stole and... totally from DDP. Oh yeah, and uh, so I'm—I don't know, man. I, it's yeah, leave it at that. Leave it at that. I, I uh, thought it—it app... it looked dumb, is what I thought. I really did because it's like he looked like an old man falling down, catching another old man. <laughs> and, and you
1: know, it's it's going to go down. It's going to be in all the highlight reels. <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: Shortest RKO ever.
1: That's stupid. Um, yeah. And after the match, we get the beatdown. Uh, he he beats the mask off of Rey Mysterio, and the fans go crazy. <sighs> Newsflash! I don't want
0: to give a spoiler, but go on the network, go back on WCW. I believe it was on a Nitro. Rey Mysterio was amassed decades ago. What? Turn on the Filthy Animals. I know this is going to blow some minds. Billy Kidman, Juventud Guerrero, Disco Inferno. Rey Mysterio.
1: I have never heard those other names unmasked. <laughs> you know the difference now is though he finally looks like he's hit puberty. So, you know good for
0: Ray. Yeah. Um, good for him. You know, oh man. So I they're doing know. the same old thing with Ray about the mask. And it would work, you know, it would work if the just for the fact if he had never been unmasked. But I mean it's on your goddamn network.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure he puts unmasked pictures of himself on Instagram as well.
0: Yeah. Um, that's what. It's I'm, not. I, I'm kind of like, you know, I don't get it because you can go to the network and see that he's in wrestling prior to this. And I don't know. It's, it's not like this is an original idea. And I know it's tough to come up with original ideas, but you can do better than this.
1: Well, it's hard when it's with Orton. It's just not entertaining. That's I, what you know, he I,
0: said. Ah. Uh, shake my hand. It's hard with Orton. Come on.
1: Hey, that's Ray. Enough. You want to shake Stop my it.
0: hand? Not if I'm not wearing my mask.
1: Come on. That's enough. That's, God. This God. is a, a, you know.
0: No, it's, it's not. not. I'm not going
1: there. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, overall. Um, I would rate this Smackdown one pancake out of five um,
0: <laughs> one handshake <laughs>
1: one handshake. <laughs> it was just not good, um, and I really wish I would have watched a a sea level Christmas movie or you know some Chris Hansen to catch Predator. yeah, uh wish I would have slept you know maybe got some sleep, yeah, uh, there, maybe read a book. Uh, maybe ma- make some soup. Uh hell, I probably would even prefer to get off my butt and take a walk uh, rather than to watch this SmackDown. But you know, I would I would rather have shaken Randy Orton's hand
0: than watch this SmackDown.
1: <laughs> I would oh man, I don't know if I should go here. I I'm I'm doing it. I would have rather sent James Ellsworth a DM <laughs> than to watch this, <laughs> this, this this episode of SmackDown. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, no, I should have said that. I
0: would rather oh. James Ellsworth <laughs> shake Randy Orton's <laughs> hand. <laughs> oh man,
1: maybe yeah. they'll tag.
0: would oh, be great? <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I mean that—that's your SmackDown, folks. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, this didn't kill our holiday spree of podcasts. Well, if it
1: didn't. Kill the holiday spree of podcast certainly decreased our listener count (laughs) Um, (laughs) so you know what there's just no way of coming out of the situation unscathed but you know what it's on the internet now and it's for everybody to listen to forever um, forever and you know here's a tip boys and girls when you put something on the internet it doesn't just disappear okay that's Uh, right and and that's what you hear that Ellsworth Um, <laughs> okay, you did it for me. <laughs> and for the love of God, if if you're in any kind of legal situation, get off social media. Oh. Uh, come on. I mean, you know, I know we talked about it a few podcasts ago, but we, we, there's, we, there's we talked about it and that's man. exactly
0: what happened. It's exactly what happened. You know, it, it's exactly what happened. You can't, you can't, you can't uh, change it. You know, you you get on social media, you start blabbing about it and you want to make a big to do about it. You've you've ruined it for everybody else in a way that uh, somebody else does this, too, and makes the same claim. Then, you know, it's it's kind of already been there. So it's going to look worse for the other person. I called it. Uh, I
1: called it. And you know what? That's why I'm two hundred thirty thousand dollars in debt. Uh, so you know it it is what it is and we'll leave it at that leave it
0: at that is there anything else you would like to add on
1: this uh rather irreverent episode of ringside
0: ramblings uh you know i can't say that i'm excited about anything particular in wwe right now but what i am excited about right now we can touch on this and maybe you can tag it in the podcast is that there has been rumor and uh, apparently confirmation of at least uh legal notices Um, about a new wrestling promotion starting. Oh, yes! All Elite Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling, and do you happen to know anybody that goes by All or Elite in wrestling? I think these there's these
1: guys. What are they called? Generation Me. Yeah. Uh, Something
0: like that. Well, I mean, maybe uh, We just had that amazing All In pay per view. and a couple of guys, their contracts are up soon. Uh, you have the elite, at least on being the elite, the super teasing of signing with WWE. You have Hangman Page getting letters from Triple H. You have Cody with his WWE syndrome and facts being spouted out all the time. Uh, you have the Bucks teasing going to NXT. I believe at one point they even showed up at NXT for a you know their videotaping. Um, so there's been all these teases, and it's like, well, what are they doing? Are they really teasing it? Are they, is everybody going to WWE? What's going to happen here? And they've already stated one, all for one, one for all. I think maybe except for Marty Skrull, who has a, a a longer contract with ROH. Uh, but everybody's contracts are up December or January, I believe, of the rest of the group. And the news is that or the rumor was that, um, can think of his first name con who owns uh the jacksonville jaguars and and some other teams um, is super huge wrestling fan and is wanting to get in on the market of wrestling and was going to open his own promotion uh the talk is that jericho is a major part of it maybe jim ross is in talks with about it and you know with jericho and the success of the cruise which is major success which apparently rumored is that it may happen again in next May. Um, oh, wow. and the Jericho's ties to the young bucks and all that success with them. Um, apparently we have official uh, trademarks for all elite wrestling and it's tied to con. And so who knows it, it's this sounds like it's actually coming yeah. about
1: it sounds like there could be a TV deal, at least, you know, close to being in place. They've also trademarked uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite, Mm. uh, which sounds like a weekly wrestling event. Uh, They've also trademarked some things like Double or Nothing, which was one of the names Mm. considered for the second all-in event. Um, They've also trademarked the phrase All Out. All Out. Um, So there's a few trademarks here that would indicate that, you know, they're really thinking about – uh, the overall structure mm-hmm. of all elite wrestling. I hope so much that this is what we think it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, that because, would be really amazing if it is.
1: You, and Here's the thing, you know, people, people have people. Uh, uh, you know, I really, I'm not trying to sound like I'm superior. People really don't use their heads here. If you have somebody who has that much money, you right. can do anything that you want to do. That means, yes, eventually you can and probably will compete with
0: Vince McMahon. From my and, understanding, uh, this man has way, way more money than Vince McMahon. Well, his father does. But um, you know, they have companies and companies and companies that have companies. Um, as they would say, this man has companies where most people don't have places. Um, yeah. his father, I believe, is in the top 10 richest men in the world, maybe top 20, um, but mega rich. Like, yeah. Like yeah, Vince McMahon is, is nowhere near the, as rich as this guy. Um, so, I mean, money is, it's there and money buys lots of things. And uh, you have a guy that's already owns like two sporting events, you know, sporting teams, Yeah, and apparently the address linked for the trademarks is the Jacksonville Jaguars. If if I remember correctly,
1: I think it was the arena, the arena, yeah, the the stadium. Can you imagine just having that at your disposal?
0: Right, and I I mean
1: mean, there there is so much that can be done with this. It's unbelievable, and I really think
0: imagine like you're you're watching these events and you have the advertisements for the wrestling. Um, you know, and, and as successful as the cruise was, as successful as All In was, just the fan base from that alone, how quickly they sold out, um, yeah. how selling out a cruise ship the fans went to. Um, it, you know, it, it's it's there. The fans are there. They have a base for it. And now you got the money for it. And, you know, it seems to me, Sam, that all in may have been simply an experiment
1: um, as to the potential of what these guys could do yeah. as promoters. Um, and, you know, the same can go for Jericho. You know, he wanted to try his hand out with something different. Right. Uh, he wanted to put on a show, see how it went. You'll see what he was capable of doing. Uh, major success. So I think. The, the things that we've seen from these guys the past six months to a year uh, could have all been just testing the waters and, and leading up to, to something like this. So I'm really excited about it and I hope it is what it seems like.
0: Yeah. Leave it at that.
1: We're going to leave it at that. Um, but man, that I, I okay. Exciting we'll news. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, I just get excited thinking about it.
0: Yeah, especially Um, with the current product.
1: Especially with the current product, the thought that we could have uh, essentially a a new WCW, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to to use a term people could relate to um, coming up. And it's interesting, though. Think about it, Sam. We got Tuesday Night Dynamite. So we know that SmackDown is moving back to Friday um, next year. Uh, w- when moves to Fox. Mm-hmm. So these these guys are strategically placing things to where they could still uh, get
0: the viewers... From SmackDown. Uh, from SmackDown, exactly. You know, if, you, if you don't want to compete head-to-head with WWE already on Monday nights, then SmackDown's the night to go to.
1: And, and what I'm saying is, you know, it's obviously going to be a big enough
0: TV deal
1: for all elite wrestling to where they would have to consider, well, we don't want to compete with SmackDown. So big news. I think that's uh, definitely the biggest news of of the week, of the month. Uh, And I'm excited to see what else uh, is in store for AEW. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for today. Uh, Thank you all for listening to this. You know, I know it was a very sarcastic and. Possibly annoying review of SmackDown. You know, I get that. Uh, but, you know, just seeing some of this stuff sometimes just really wears on you. And especially when you're sitting down and you're looking forward to just unwinding from a long day and you're presented with a food fight. It's just not, <laughs> just doesn't hit the spot sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, keep an eye out for our next podcast. Hopefully we'll be a little bit more enthusiastic. Um, so, on behalf of the Wrestling Connoisseur, uh, thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time.